it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by Coleman Tax, helping you see the beauty in your numbers. Coleman Tax is a boutique tax firm that exclusively serves beautypreneurs. We help you save money by using tax planning and by getting your beauty business finances organized for you to make the best decisions for your business. Book your free tax strategy call at thebeautycpa.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great holiday weekend. I hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving. I know we ate a lot of food, did a little shopping, had a little family time. It's been a very busy weekend for me. And it's Cyber Monday, so it's still continuing on, but I'm super, super excited to bring today's episode to you. I have some great content in store for you on today. Before we get into all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the Business Beauty Network podcast wherever you're listening. So subscribing is free, so make sure you subscribe and share. Sharing is caring. If you know someone who would benefit from this content, definitely share it out. And definitely connect with us on social media as well. You can find a podcast on Business Beauty Network on Instagram or Biz Beauty Network. You can connect with me at I am Brandy Taylor and definitely share what you're loving about the podcast. DM me there or share a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to. I love to connect with you there. And sometimes I'll DM you back and send you a goodie so you never know. So definitely connect with me on Instagram and I am Brandy Taylor. Also, we are on YouTube now. We're really trying to build up our YouTube channel. We just launched that recently. So make sure that you connect with us on YouTube at Biz Beauty Network there. We will be streaming some of the content live on video there. So you will find some of the interviews on video on YouTube. So look for that as well. But let's get into today's episode. I'm super, super excited. I have an awesome guest. She's been on the episode before. But before we get into that, I want to give you my quick quote of the day. And I think it's fitting for um, today's episode is be the change you want to see in the world by Gandhi, right? Be the change you want to see in the world. And I wanted to share that because I think sometimes we sleep on those things that bother us for some reason. Like there's certain things that you really care about, you're really passionate about. It may be a cause. You may want to build something, a product or a solution for whatever, for women or men or whatever it may be. But it's something that for some odd reason, you keep thinking about it. For some odd reason, you want something done about it, right? You want to make some changes in this area. Well, maybe it's for you to do. And I'm encouraging you to be the change that you want to see in the world. And I think that my client friend, Shana Simone, has done just that with her business. Um, She is a certified trichologist, and it's her goal to really empower more African-American people on hair care and how to prevent hair loss and what the issues really are and to really debunk some of the myths that we have about our hair and how to care for it and all of those things. And I, I don't think this topic is talked about enough. I mean, we talk about natural hair and hair care, but the way she really gives us this information that really helps when it starts from the inside out, right? Really talking about, you know, our health issues and what's really causing hair loss and some of the issues that we may be having with our hair. 
So I really love um, the knowledge that she has about this and how she shares it. And I thought it was some great information to bring on the podcast. So I had Shayna back on the podcast today. Here is a little bit of her bio. Shayna Simone is the founder of Amore Lux Hair Restoration Center located in Berkeley, Michigan. With over eight years of experience in the hair and beauty industry, Shayna is a certified trichologist with the World Trichology Society and hair loss practitioner with the International Associations of Trichologists. She specializes in treatment and care services to help various forms of hair loss and hair thinning and scalp problems. I think you're really, really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Shayna Simone. Welcome, Shayna. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on, Shayna. Now, Shayna, you're no a stranger to the podcast. You've been on the podcast before. But before we get into our topic today, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this industry. Yeah, so um, I am currently a certified uh, trichologist, um, certified hair loss expert is what I like to call myself. Um, and I started out, of course, like a lot of women in the beauty industry. I was a cosmetologist first. I went to Aveda and about, uh, I graduated in 2003 and decided to transition to trichology and hair loss because I definitely felt I was needed, especially here in the state of Michigan. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so trichology is it for you. I know that's like your direction now and hair loss, mm -hmm. but tell us, you know, how did you end up deciding to go into trichology? So um, initially um, my decision was in, in hair school. I learned a small little snippet um, about trichology, um, but I kind of got lost and the sauce, <laughs> because when you graduate from hair school, you really just want to get experience. You want to get clients. You know, you're trying to make money at that point. <laughs> so but um, of course, hair restoration was always my number one passion. So I can do the trendy styles. I can do the fun styles you ask me to do. But if I feel like it's going to compromise your hair, I will tell you no. If I feel like um, your hair can't handle it. Or if I feel like at a later time you can handle it, I ask you to allow me to restore it first and then get you there. So I always was into healthy hair care. I was always researching um, the products I was using on my clients. I always wanted the best of the best products for them to make sure um, they would have healthy hair. So my love for it. However, um, and going on down the line, I realized I was getting more and more women in my chair that had more severe issues. And they were young. Um, you know, we think hair loss equates to you being elderly or older um, and you start losing your hair. But no, these were women, you know, some in their 20s, 30s and early 40s losing their hair um, severely to a point it was beyond um, what I could help them with as far as being a cosmetologist. And so I was having women ask and ask, how can I help them? And I really didn't have the answers beyond what I knew as far as cosmetology school. So I started telling them, okay, I'm going to research and think, revisit this whole hair loss trichology thing. And so that was my initial goal was to do that. It still took me a couple of years to get there though. <laughs> um, the training was a lot, um, but being a busy hairstylist, trying to get through it all and learn all this information that is self-paced. Um, it took me a while to get there, but it really hit me. I think during COVID um, I was already kind of doing the training, but I really was like, okay, 
you're going for this gun blazing once COVID is over. You're not playing any games. Once you get your new space open, um, you have to become this expert. You can no longer be the hidden gem. You can no longer be a hidden secret of how you're helping these women. You got to get the word out. So um, it was more so my own journey of what I went through through COVID. It's a long story. I don't know if you want me to go that deep into it yet, but um, it was uh, life changing for me during COVID to really start pursuing my purpose. Um, I found my passion, which is hair, but I also wanted a purpose. And the purpose was to help, especially my black African-American women <laughs> on their yeah. healthy hair journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel you do have a story that you don't have to tell it all, but you've been through a lot. I know right when everything happened with COVID, you found right. some other news out, right? Right. And I know you experienced hair loss yourself. So can you share yeah. a little bit of what that was like? Yeah. So um, in March of 2020, when the governor shut us down, I actually had a mammogram that same day of the shutdown. And um, um, I had a mammogram scheduled because I found a lump um, on my right breast in um, that was in January. I found it. So um, but my mammogram was not scheduled, unfortunately, till March. And it so happened to be on the same day of the shutdown, um, who knew that that was even coming? It hit us so rampant. And um, I found out two days later that I had stage two breast cancer. So it was a shocker because not only am I fighting for my business to survive, I'm now fighting for my life. So um, as an entrepreneur, and if anyone out here can uh, sympathize with what an entrepreneur goes through, on top of finding out major news on top of a whole pandemic and you're shut down and can't make any money. <laughs> um, yeah, it was some trying times. And of course, through chemo, radiation and surgery and all the things that I had to go through, I did lose all my hair. I lost my eyebrows. I lost my eyelashes. Um, I didn't even know you lose pretty much every single hair follicle that's on your body. I lost it all. And so during that moment, I was able to really, really um, sympathize even more with my clients who have been battling hair loss um, on a regular, you know, and the clients that were in my chair on a regular. Of course, um, I could never really put myself in their shoes before, but I did sympathize with them. But this was on a whole nother level, me truly, truly feeling um, that my identity was stripped away. So that was tough um, for me for a long time. You know, of course, I am a hairstylist, so I can mask it. But I still had, when I come home, I want to be comfortable. And I had to expose all of that to my children. I have three children. So that was hard for them to see their mom like that. So I can only imagine, um, you know, a woman who has more permanent issues or issues that's been going on longer than mine. Mine lasted a year. But there are some women who've been dealing with it nine, ten years, you know, even longer. So um, it really made me walk the walk with them and really say, you know what, Shana, these women need you more than your client that just needs you to do her hair for her birthday. So you got to pull back. And I had to rescale when I came back. I had to cut down my services that I was offering so I can open up more space for hair loss clients. Um, and then I also had to stop taking new clients. The only new clients I took was clients who were experiencing hair loss. So that was hard for me to do. Um, that transition was not easy because I built a bond with my clients. I love my clients. They love me. But I felt like they did not necessarily need 
me like they felt they needed me. They go anywhere or they can go to my other stylist in my salon that I've trained <laughs> um, to get their hair curled or flat ironed or whatever the case may be. Um, but these women dealing with hair loss, um, what I do and me being a certified trichologist, it didn't exist um, in Michigan. So I had to be that for them. Yes. And it's interesting how you went through your experience and ultimately it really you were already doing the trichology thing and everything. But I think if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was like a really a pusher for you, like to really, like, OK, this is it. Like, this is it. This is what yeah. I should be focusing on. This is what I should be helping people with. Yeah, I was going through the training and studying. It took me two years to do that. And um, so with COVID, it really pushed me to um, go stronger and go ahead and finish it up um, because it is self-paced. And when you're busy and all of that, you would push it to the side. You study, but you push it to the side. Um, I was like, absolutely not. We have to hurry up and get this done. Um, I have to go full force with this. Um, I felt God calling me to do more. And um, that journey really pushed me to say, hey, Shana, you got to stop playing. It's time to take it to the next level. <laughs> so why hair loss, Shana? Like, why do you think, like, you know, we all have mm -hmm. something that yeah. was on us. It's not like yeah. for some reason, for me, it's the beauty industry. For you, it's, yeah. you know, hair. Like, but yeah. why do we think that is? Um, why do you, why do I think hair loss is happening? Well, why do you think hair loss, you know, why do you think that's part of your purpose is helping women with hair loss? Oh, part of my purpose. Um, you know what? Honestly, I've always been intrigued with black hair and I always it's so and I know it sounds so weird. But when I got into cosmetology school, I was always told that black hair could not grow past a certain length. And I really wanted to kill that myth. Right. I wanted to say, hey, our hair can grow, but it just we weren't educated properly. And then the products that are out there for us, they don't even research their products on our hair texture or our scalp. So I had to figure out what products, what tools, what things work best for our hair, right? And it was just a passion of mine to really kill the myth that our hair can't grow, you know, or our hair always stays at a certain point, or we think our hair doesn't grow, but scientifically your hair grows a quarter of an inch every month. Scientifically that happens, but we're not seeing our length, why? And so I'm one of those people, uh, when I'm passionate about something, I want to know why this issue is happening or I want to know why is this, you know, like I need more answers than just, oh, our hair don't grow, you know? Right. So it really was a challenge for me. Um, I, I like challenges. I like to take on challenges and I like to shut down a lot of uh, false narratives that are out there. And so I hair growth was my initial passion, you know? And then I think for the hair loss, once I actually were getting these women in my chair and seeing how it really emotionally damp like put a damper on them. You know, when COVID happened and we were shut down, people were making jokes about, oh, what y'all going to do now? The hair salon's closed and now y'all got to expose your real self and uh, your man going to leave. You know, there's all these jokes going out. Right. And I really felt horrible for my clients because I do have some clients who husbands have never seen their hair because they're, they were losing it and they're embarrassed to show them. And that's not something that they were born that way. You know, they literally lost their hair due to whatever was going on with them. And 
it made me feel bad for those women. And I was really worried about those clients during COVID and shut down because I could not help them during that time to mask what I had been masking for them for so long. So um, I think for me, it was more so just hearing the stories, hearing the women pleading, hearing the women frustrated with going to the dermatologist, hearing them frustrated with the products they were trying and wasn't working, hearing them frustrated with the oils that wasn't working, um, hearing them upset. And I'm just one of those people, um, I'm more so like, I'm always an advocate. I'm always like, I want to fight for other people. And I was like, no, I have to, I'm the person, if this keeps coming to me, I'm the person that needs to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you, you are a part of the solution. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, the reason why something, is, we're so passionate about it, and it's, mm-hmm. it keeps coming back up for us, we're, we're supposed to really, you know, tackle that thing. It's a part of our purpose. It's, right. it's you know, it's something that we should be doing. Yeah. And I truly believe you found that with the hair loss. Yeah. Now, you talked about, like, how we thought, you know, one of the myths was that, you know, your hair couldn't grow. And I remember thinking like most black people Mm -hmm. couldn't grow past a certain length. I always kind of thought that. And there's a Mm -hmm. lot of myths that I see Mm -hmm. that you kind of talk about on your social media. So I want to talk about some of those things. Like I'll I'll go one that you said more recently that shampoo yeah, for the scalp, and I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" So tell us some of the tips that you want. So, to so um, shampoos for the scalp because you need to cleanse the scalp, right? The scalp is no different than the skin on your face, right? Your hair, once you rinse your hair out and the shampoo like runs down, it, it's going to get clean from that. But you actually taking that shampoo and like scrubbing it through your actual ends of your hair and all of that. You know, that is hair that has already been established, it's already in the resting phase, and now you're stripping it, okay? You need to actually clean the scalp because, number one, the hair and the root reside in the scalp. So it's no different than a tree, right? We have to water the grass. We have to nourish the root, right? They're not up spraying the leaves, are they? They're nourishing deep down in the root with the water, with the sprinkler system, whatever it may be. Same thing has to happen with your hair in order for it to grow. It needs a clean foundation. We have to get rid of that grit. We have to unclog those follicles. We have to clean out the whatever debris got inside of there. And so, um, and I think we don't think of it that way. We think of just the strands of our hair, but we never ever think about the scalp. The hair resides in the scalp. The scalp is the most important part of making sure your hair is healthy, for sure. Mm-hmm. And how often should we be washing our hair? And I ask you this question because as a black woman, like I always thought we didn't have to wash mm-hmm. our hair too often. Like you can wash it, uh, you know, twice a month, you know, every other week. And that was good enough for us because of, you know, all the things it takes with our hair. It's like, you know, I thought washing, over washing it would dry our hair out. Mm-hmm. And actually it did because of the products we were using. You mm-hmm. got to think like when I was growing up, my mom was buying like, you know, stuff from the drugstore that was not for us. Yep. That had all these things that were drying my hair out. Yeah. So I thought that that's why, okay, our hair is dry. We don't need mm-hmm. to wash as much. So, every, you know, twice a month is good enough. Yeah. But how often, expert, <laughs> should we wash our hair? So um, it's not a one and done for everyone. Um, it really depends on the type of scalp you have, okay? But definitely you need to wash it once a week. Most definitely. Some people who put a lot of oils in their hair, a lot of product, especially my natural girls that cake, cake, cake stuff on their hair. 
they need to probably wash it about every three days. Um, and the reason why we don't wash our hair as often is because it's a lot of work to get our hair back to whatever suitable style we want, right? Um, when we wet our hair, it swells up, it frizzes, it curls. So water sometimes <laughs> is not the best for our hair style. However, if we're looking at the hair health, we need to clean our scalp at least once a week. It's very important um, to let all those oils, let all that dirt and let all that grit, it just clogs the hair follicle, which can cause more hair loss down the line. So just think of, you know, your face. Think about not washing your face for three months or three weeks or two. You know, what will happen to your face? It's no different. That's It's the same skin. Um, another reason why, we, like you mentioned, we didn't wash our hair as often because, quote unquote, it would dry it out. Some of it is improper products. Some of it is improper way of uh, shampooing. Are you shampooing once again the hair and not the scalp? And then when you shampoo, what are you replenishing it, the moisture back with? What conditioner are you using? What other treatments are you using to make sure your hair doesn't get dry on the ends? So it's a combination of things of why we thought we could not or we should not wash our hair as often. But I always say, look at, for example, um, Asian women, uh, Caucasian women, we always say their hair grows, their hair grows. But ask them how many times they wash their hair. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, some um, wash it every day, some wash it every couple days. And so they, so the reason why they wash every day, uh, some of them, is because they have extremely oil scalp. But it doesn't just apply to Caucasian women. Some black women have oily scalp. They they build natural oils, you know. So you have to know your scalp, your condition. That's why I always like to do scalp analysis to really assess to give you what you should be doing, right? It doesn't apply to everyone. Um, some clients that have cerebic dermatitis, they have to wash probably more than once a week because they're building up an extra yeast. And there's some other things they need to do as well, but they have to wash their hair more times than the average person because they're building this own... It, People think that dermatitis means your scalp is dry, but actually it's oily. It's building a lot of excessive oil. So it's a it's a combination of the reasons of why we thought. That's why I like to kill some of the myths of why we thought we should wait or, you know, and wash our hair every two weeks or don't wash it too much. Or you shouldn't be styling your hair every week. It's going to fall out. That no, we need a clean scalp. It's very important. So I say at least once a week. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because just even watching like the type of stuff that you put out, mm-hmm. it's like, what? Really? Because <laughs> I think there's so many myths that mm-hmm. it really, you know, actually, I understand that we still are not ed- properly educated about our mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. You know, we still don't know. Right. <laughs> and, and even the professionals. Mm-hmm. And nothing against them because it's just a lack of knowledge. It's, it's, what, they're taught. Taught. it's what they're taught. Yeah. And honestly, no one knows what to do with our hair sometimes because, once again, we don't research our hair. Not Our hair dermatologists, when they go to school, they don't learn black hair and black scalp. And then some cosmetology schools, they teach you textbook versions of black hair. But who actually did the research? What are the, the, the backings behind this, right? How are we really, really coming up with why you feel I need this in my hair versus this, you know? So, um, 
I always tell people our hair, what people say about our hair is that our hair is so strong and it can handle anything and we can do whatever we want to our hair. That's not actually true. Um, our individual strands, and I'm speaking of each individual strand, is very, very thin and fine. And what I mean by that is the, the, the thickness of that individual strand. We just have more strands on our head. So it gives us, and we have curly hair. So it gives us the volume. It gives us the texture, right? We can't be putting all these chemicals on those small strands because guess what? It will break, it will snap. Versus the Asian woman or a white woman, their individual strands are actually thicker. They just have less. So it makes their hair appear that it's thinner than ours, but the individual strand is not necessarily thinner. They just have less strands on their head, which makes it thinner. Does that make sense? So they can leave bleach on their hair for two hours. I've seen even longer sometimes, okay? And because their strand is so thick, all it does is just make the strand smaller, 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 but it doesn't completely break it. If the strand is already a pinch of hair and you put that bleach on there, leave it on there for two hours, it's gone. You know, so... That's where we got to kill that part of our hair can handle anything. And this is why we're doing all these destructive things to our hair, like tight, tight braids, tight installs, you know, bleach, relaxers. We think we can handle all of that. And sometimes we can't. And then sometimes those chemical reactions affect our scalp. So it's causing our scalp to get trauma to it which is one of the uh, things is called CCCA. A lot of clients that I have coming in, I can tell they wear a lot of relaxers, left the relaxer on too tight, left the color on for too long. Um, we're wearing excessive um, amount of braids, tight weaves, tight quick weaves, where their scalp actually created a defense mechanism of a thick piece of scalp on top of their hair follicle, which makes their hair no longer grow because the body's trying to fight against all this trauma you're putting to it because we think our hair can handle it, but really it can't. So I, that's the one myth I love to kill is that our hair is not as strong as we think. Yes, we are strong women. Yes, we have beautiful locks, not diminishing that. But when we get down to the individual strand of our hair, it cannot handle all that trauma that we're putting on it. Mm -hmm. And I think... Do you think the strength goes back to because of sometimes our hair is very coarse? Yeah. And yeah, so people mm -hmm. might think, you know, it's mm -hmm. strong stuff because it's coarse and maybe yeah. our curl patterns. Yes, our yeah. curl patterns. Yeah. And a lot of times I like to also kill the myth of what's considered coarse and what's not, because some women are just walking around with unruly, stripped, uh, split end hair. So it makes it like a bush at the bottom. Where we think, oh, our hair can't handle, my hair won't stay straight, my hair won't handle this. But we're holding on to hair that, from one, got damaged some kind of way. Improper use, improper tools, improper products, chemicals. And then we don't want to trim it. So I have saved a lot of women from thinking that their hair was so coarse and unruly by just for one, using the right products, right tools, and giving them a great trim. <laughs> so I know we're afraid to cut our hair, but we're, a lot of times we're holding on to the, the, the part that is causing us the most stress. And that once your hair is unruly and unmanageable, it's because it needs to be taken care of. It needs to be restored, for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to share mm -hmm. the difference between hair loss and mm -hmm. hair damage. 
So um, hair loss, I say, and I like to say hair loss and hair breakage. So hair breakage is when you have different lengths, right? Your hair in the root, though, is all the same thickness, okay? But on the ends, like mid to ends, you have breakage everywhere. You have different lengths everywhere. You have um, very um, wiry hair at the ends, okay? That means you have hair breakage, and it needs to be restored with the right products, right tools, or cut, okay? Um, hair loss is when you start to see scalp. You start to see areas of baldness. You have spots. When you put your hair in a ponytail, you see skin, right? Or overall, you knew your hair used to be a lot thicker. And now when you put it in a ponytail, that ponytail is not as full as it used to be. Or when you're wearing whatever style you used to wear, if you're wearing a flat iron, it used to be a lot fuller. It's no longer as full. You are experiencing hair loss. So that's when it's coming out from the strand here. Hair breakage is when it's breaking off midway somewhere, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now, what are the causes of hair loss? You know, mm -hmm. some of the causes. So some of the causes are lack of nutrients. Some of them are underlining health issues. Um, some of them is stress. A lot of it is stress. Let's get there. Um, a lot of it is trauma, emotional stress. I've had clients who recently had a death in the family and they come to me and they're like, my hair is coming out in globs. And I asked them what happened three months ago. Oh, my father was rushed to the hospital. He had emergency surgery. I was so stressed. It was just a lot going on. Number trigger. So three months later, the hair growth cycle operates on the three month cycle. So whatever happened to you three months later, you start seeing your hair fall out. Same thing with pregnancy. Most women that have babies, they start seeing hair loss after. It normally happens about three months after they had the baby. So it could have been trauma. It could have been lack of nutrients because the baby took all the nutrients probably <laughs> once they came out. So it's always something. It's even been down to someone got in a car accident three months ago. Just the trauma from that emotional trauma can cause you to stress and your hair will start to shed drastically where you're experiencing hair loss. So it's a combination of things. It could be um, overactive or underactive thyroid. Um, it could be something as simple as you just need some vitamin D, you know, you have a, um, you're anemic. So it's a combination of um, issues. Um, the most common that I see is um, called androgenetic hair loss. Um, and a lot of people think that Oh, androgenetic. I hear the word genetic is genetics. Right. So that means that my mother and my father had hair loss. So that means I'm doomed. genetically. It's going to happen. It runs in my family. And that's not necessarily the case. Androgenetic alopecia um, is also known as female um, pattern um, hair loss or male pattern hair loss. And um, it's normally in the crown area, starts to thin out. And that means that person has high levels of testosterone where it's converting into what we call DHT. And we have to find a way to block that DHT. And we also have to address what, uh, whatever deficiencies you may have going on internally. OK, so it's attacking the top of your hair. Um, when people hear the word genetic, they think, oh, don't. Well, not necessarily because I feel like it's just a generational curse. OK, so let's think about it. Um, androgenetic and why genetics, I feel, is more so a generational curse. So what I mean by that is what my mom eats. That's what she fed me. How my mom cooks is how she taught me how to cook. And who taught her? My grandma. 
Who taught my grandma? Probably my great grandma, my grandfather, right? So we all kind of eat the same. We all kind of do the same things. Therefore, our reaction to things are going to be very similar, right? Mm-hmm. I also use the analogy of that when I grew up in the area I grew up in, I didn't see people walking, jogging and things like that. I didn't see that. Well, a lot of people do that because it relieves stress. It relieves tension. It keeps the body moving. It takes stress off the body um, by exercising, right? I didn't see that. So when I moved to the suburbs, I'm like, why are all these people out here walking? (laughs) It didn't make sense to me. So that's also generational curse because my upbringing, I never saw that, right? So which makes me not want to get out there and walk. You know, so I had to break that curse. I have to start going out there walking. I have to start cooking differently. I have to start eating differently. I have to start addressing my overall health. So I always say genetics is not necessarily meaning you're doomed. This is a curse that you can't break. Introducing the Beauty Business Explosion, the virtual conference for beauty professionals taking place on December the 5th, 2021 from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Virtually, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite. This is powerful strategies to explode your beauty business in 2022. Beauty pros, are you ready to make 2022 your best year? Learn strategies on how to structure your beauty business, level up your income, and effectively market your brand. We're going to cover that and so much more with three industry coaches. Myself, Brandi Taylor, the beauty business coach, and Mickey Wright. She is the salon pricing strategist, along with Kanisha Coleman, the beauty CPA. You don't want to miss this phenomenal event. You can get your tickets at beautybizexplosion.eventbrite.com. That's beautybizexplosion.eventbrite.com. Take advantage of the Black Friday week special pricing all this week from Monday until Friday. Take advantage. The tickets are starting off at $27. You can get your tickets again at beautybizexplosion.eventbrite.com. We hope to see you there. Now, what are some ways that you help your clients? Because I know, you know, you help them with their hair loss and all Mm -hmm. of those things. But tell us how that works. So how I help my clients first is we do a consultation. So I first want to help them identify what the problem is. I don't like to put a Band-Aid on the situation because we have to figure out what's causing the situation. Right. So I'm not a big fan of doing injections in the head and things like that because that's really just putting a Band-Aid over the major problem. So I got to look address internally what's going on with you externally. Um, I take pictures of their hair follicle. I'm looking at their growth pattern. I'm looking at the areas of loss. I'm looking for clogged hair follicles. I'm looking to see if their follicles are still active. Um, There's certain things that I'm looking for in my microscope of their scalp. Once I address that, now I need to look at their underlying health issue to basically be able to compare my notes to tell them what type of hair loss they're dealing with. Because there are several different types. There's not just one thing called alopecia. There's several different forms of alopecia, right? So once I address their health issue, whether they have a thyroid issue, whether they're deficient in their B vitamins or zinc or potassium, I'm looking for all of that. Um, I have a device that tells me the information up front, but if they ever, all my clients that sign up with me, I actually get actual blood work and I have a software where I input their information in there and it breaks everything down to me with their blood results are coming back as um, as far as if they're toxic, if they have a lot of inflammation, 
if they have intestinal parasites. That's one, the parasites eat away at your hair. So whatever, if they need blood sugar regulation, the hair is fed from the blood. We got to get your blood regulated. So once I see what the ma major issue is, then I address that. So I offer supplements. I have them come into my clinic. Um, I do techniques in clinic. They're all holistic where I'm bringing blood flow to the area. I'm detoxing the scalp and I'm reducing inflammation. I'm doing it over and over. Detoxing the scalp, reducing inflammation. Um, and that is, and then that's the main thing that I do. And you'll be surprised clients are getting results in weeks. I'm talking clients who've had hair loss for over 10 years. And now we have new hairs and areas that had not been there in over 10 years, all by feeding the blood and bringing the blood to where it needs to go to. Wow, awesome. Yeah. So what's your overall mission? My overall mission <laughs> is um, to change the way we think about our hair. My overall mission is to really educate, especially black women, on the fact that hair loss has nothing to do with your hair at all. It's all internal. So how can I help you internally? Yes, I'm going to do some external things, but we got to address this internal issue because me doing all this external stuff is not going to work if you don't do what you need to do internally, right? And so I really, really want to educate people on why hair loss is really happening. Um, why hair loss happens, especially in the black community, because it's different for us, um, what's causing it. And I feel like once we know, we do better. So if I can get everybody educated, because we've gone too long without knowing. So when we don't know, we just don't know. But now if I can get them to know and make some change, that is my true mission um, to really, really educate and give real answers, um, especially to the black community. Now, Shana, where do we start? Because mm -hmm. we know that, you know, we haven't been properly educated. Right. And probably, you know, we haven't been eating right and exercising right. And Black people, people in general, but mm -hmm. we deal with a lot of stress. Like right. A lot of stress. Um, like even, you know, you talk about COVID. It hit, you mm -hmm. know, the Black community really, really hard mm -hmm. in comparison to other communities. Right. So we deal with a lot of stress and we deal with a lot of things that can affect our hair. Mm -hmm. Like, what are some things that we can do now? Like, can is there anything that we can start to do now to make some changes? As far as uh, making the awareness? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, just, you know, tackling the whole issues with our hair loss and mm -hmm. being more aware of all of these things for sure. Yes. I really say be an advocate for yourself in the doctor office. Um, that is one of my main things, mainly because we don't know how to be advocates. We think um, the doctor in front of us has went to school, has all the education, and he's supposed to just give us the answer. Right. So we have to start taking more control of our individual health. OK, so when we're going to the doctor and he's doing our lab work and he's going over everything, we need to ask more questions. Well, doctor, instead of me getting on medication, is there some other alternatives or doctor? You said I'm pre-diabetic. I don't want to get on medication. What are some other alternatives? Where can you what other resources are out there for me? Just being more of an advocate for ourselves, I think, is number one, realizing that we can ask questions. You know, it's not a situation where we're just being told what to do. So it's not one of those situations where we're just being told what to do. We can also say, hey, what are some other alternatives? Hey, I saw my numbers are not coming up. My numbers have been the same. You told me if I eat healthier, these things will happen. Well, I've been eating healthy and they're not happening. What's some other options? You know, 
<coughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know why I start choking. choking. Okay. So, so I feel like just being an advocate for ourselves is a really good start for sure. And being more aware. So yeah. mainly I just recommend us being an advocate for ourselves in the doctor's office, making sure we're asking the doctor, hey, doctor, you mentioned I'm pre-diabetic. These things are happening to me, right? Believe it or not, being pre-diabetic affects your hair. So I feel like if I say, doctor, I, I'm eating healthier, but things still aren't changing, what else can I do, right? Um, doctors, of course, they are looking for more severe issues. They fix disease, right? They fix chronic illnesses. They have to do surgeries and things like that for major things, right? As far as preventative care, not all doctors treat that as an emergency, right? So for you, it may be urgent, but for them, they have bigger fish to fry. So what can I do to get out there, do more research and be more conscious of my body? Me just fixing something as simple as making sure my vitamin D is good, making sure my iron is good, making sure I'm using the bathroom regularly and I don't have toxic waste going through my bloodstream. Something as simple as that is somewhere where I feel like we can change. And for me, I love to lure my clients in because they're coming to me for hair, right? And with black women, hair is very important. If the doctor told them, ma'am, I need you to eat better. I need you to exercise because your numbers are this. They may or may not listen to him. But they come to me and say, hey, my hair is coming out and my hair is very important to me. And I say the same thing that doctor just told them. They may listen a little more, you know, so... I still need, we still need the doctors and I still need to work with the doctors, but just addressing and being more of an advocate. Um, if doctors feel like you care about your health care, they're going to care more about you. So if they feel like I've already told you, I've already sung this song to you and you're still not doing it, they're going to put you down as not compliant. But if you come into them and say, hey, I really want to be an advocate for my health care. I met with my hair loss specialist. She's telling me I need to address these things. What is your opinion on that? What do you think? You know, just really being an advocate in the doctor office, I think, is one way we can start for sure. Sure. And I guess trying to reduce stress, right? <laughs> yes. I'm learning how to reduce stress. Um, I feel like we don't really know how to cope with our stress because we've been so used to, especially black women. We've been so used to being everything for everyone that we've psyched ourselves into thinking that, oh, well, this is how things are. I can handle it. But your body can't handle it. Your body is going through physical stress, right? And when your body goes through physical stress, everything tends to lock up. You're not using the bathroom properly like you need to. Your nutrients aren't absorbing the way they need to absorb because you are stressed. Your body is just basically tightened up on you, Okay. Mentally, you psyched your mind to think that you can handle it. But what can we do to cope with the stress? What self-care techniques can we have? What um, things can we do for ourselves where we feel good? Exercise techniques, meditate, that. Hope with every stress, realize we don't have to be superwomen. A lot of women that I'm running into um, with hair loss issues are dealing with major emotional trauma and major stress. But no one has ever really taught us how to deal with that. And the world looks at us as so strong. We don't get sympathy like others do. Right. So they look at us like, what you complaining for? Are you strong? You should be able to handle it. You know, and, right. And that's not necessarily always the truth. Yes, I'm a black woman. I love being a black woman. Yes, I am strong. But I am also, you know, a person. And I am also human. And I also have the same feelings that everyone else has. You know, so 
I think just really coping with stress um, and learning how to cope with it um, would definitely help a lot of us for sure. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And, you know, stress, you know, leads to so many things. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many things um, health wise. It, you know, and so learning how to deal with it and manage it. I I know many of us need to learn that. So I can see just learning that could be can probably eliminate some of your issues, right? Right, right. For, for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Which I, I think this is a phenomenal what you're teaching. I, I can honestly say I don't hear too many people talking about this on this level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people want to put a band-aid on it usually. It's like, oh, okay, you, okay, weaves are great. I love weaves. We all love weaves and we, we all love weaves. those things, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing against them. Please don't take that away, right? <laughs> don't take that from us. <laughs> but we need to also learn how to grow our hair, how to properly mm-hmm. grow our hair. And it, and it starts from the inside out. And I, I know that you're really tackling that with mm-hmm. what you're doing with trichology. Yes. And I want you to share that because I know there's a lot of myths, especially with us. We still yeah. don't know. Like we yeah. still are learning yeah. how to really take care of our hair. And, and it starts with people like you just really, you know, educating us on just how to properly do little things. Like just even, I just want to tap on this. It, you talked about washing your tools, cleaning your tools. I'm like, how, yeah. how often should we do it? You like every use. I'm like, ooh, let me. Sorry. And that's very important. And um, that's something else I talk to my clients about too, because what I'm doing is I'm bringing blood flow to that hair follicle. I'm opening up and I'm unclogging this hair follicle, right? I need that area to be as clean as possible. So you have to use clean tools, even clean scarves, even clean bonnets. So you should have a new bonnet every single night that you go to sleep and you need to wash your bonnets like you wash your clothes. So we need clean, clean, clean things, especially when I'm working with my clients with hair loss because I'm opening it up and I cannot let any dirt, grit, anything get up in there to cause any type of infections or anything like that. I need it to be as clean as possible. Clean brush, clean tools. It needs to be washed. Just like think about as makeup artists, you have to, I'm pretty sure, clean um, your tools every use, right? Do you clean? Yeah. So it's no different than with your tools. You need to clean it every use. Wow. Wow. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's what I said. The bonnet, Shane, come yes, on. The bonnet. Every, I need, I need seven bonnets. And you need to wash them like you wash your clothes. I every do week. wash them, but I didn't know I needed to change. I knew you need to clean one every night. Realize how much when you sleep and you sweat and all that oil that gets in a bonnet. So guess what? It also kind of messes up your hairstyle because when you're wrapping it up, you're wrapping it up in an oil-soaked scarf. So you need a clean scarf every single time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get, wow. So, Shayna, oh my. So, I know there's, you know, so many different myths like that. Just to mm-hmm. some of the things we talked about, about how often you wash your hair, mm-hmm. about, you know, cleaning the tools, about, you know, what shampoo is for, and all those things. There's so many myths that we thought like with our hair. You yeah. Know? I'm pretty sure there's some we haven't uh, even touched on. But, um, it's just really an eye opener for me. And I know people that are listening are like, are you serious? Yeah. But it's, it's eye opening and it's, it's saddening a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like by now it, it would seem like there was more education, but I'm just happy that you are educating us on this now. And, um, and I love the fact that you really want to teach and train black women on how to just properly, you know, take yeah. care of their hair yeah. and understanding like you, you've been lied to all your life. Mm-hmm. We all have. Mm-hmm. But we can start making changes today. Yes. 
For sure. For sure. We we think that we need and a lot of you. I always tell people another thing, too. When you go and buy shampoo and conditioner from these stores, the front of the bottle can say whatever it wants to say to loop you in It's marketing. So it can say vegan. It can say organic. It can say natural oils, rosemary oil, hibiscus, all this stuff in it. Right. Turn it around. Look at the ingredients. They have to put what's in it on that area. That's where it's required. Read and see if you see anything organic, any natural herb, any hibiscus, any rosemary. If you don't see any of that, do not use that product because it's a whole bunch of chemicals. They think our hair needs chemical, 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 chemical for it to act right. And they have not tested that on not one black strand. OK, they don't they, we're, we're not beta. They don't use us to do beta tests. OK, so always that's another thing. Be an advocate for yourself, even when you're shopping for your products. Turn that bottle around, look at the ingredients. No different when you're eating your food and you want to make sure it's, you know, a healthy food and doesn't have too many sugars or whatever the case may be. Turn it around and look at that ingredient list. That's what's actually in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Great tips. So, Shayna, tell everybody how they can connect with you and yeah. get some more of these awesome gems you've been dropping. So if you're if you just need hair restoration, meaning you only have hair breakage, I have a hair restoration center in Berkeley on 12 Mile and Coolidge. It is called Amora Lux. That is Amora Lux. And you can reach me there at AmoraLux.com. If you are battling hair loss, hair thinning, areas of baldness where you can see scalp, then you need to reach out to me at ShaynaSimone.com. That is my hair loss clinic. Okay, so I have a hair loss clinic and then I also have a hair restoration center. So we address um, hair growth on both sides. So AmoraLux.com or ShaynaSimone.com. Awesome, awesome. Shayna Simone, everybody, make sure you connect with her. Also, follow her at Shayna Simone on Instagram where she yes. does all those awesome tips. And Facebook. And Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Shayna. It was great having you. Thank you. That's all we have for you today. As always, stay great and we're out. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you. So let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.